0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 58th episode of the Bear Necessities podcast. And we actually have some interesting offseason news today. Surprisingly, uh, before we did this podcast, there was a lot of different types of news that came out. Uh, thankfully so, because this is the time of the NFL year that for teams whose season ends, uh, the news can get a little bit dry. Uh, But not for us, not for us Bears fans. We're going to be going through a lot of change this offseason. But first and foremost, we're going to be starting off going over a little bit of the news relating to our competitors, the Detroit Lions. Uh, They hired Dan Campbell. and We're going to be kind of talking about his outlook as the head coach for the Detroit Lions. Following that, we're going to be getting into our Bears news. Uh, The Chicago Bears are looking for a defensive coordinator. We're going to be going over some of those internal candidates, some of the external candidates, guys who have been interviewed. And Reese and I will give our particular outlook on that position. Following, we're going to be going over the Jets rumors that they might in fact trade the number two overall pick, a pick that's going to be highly sought out this offseason for one of the top quarterback candidates and whether or not the Chicago Bears should be interested, what's going to be the price to trade up for that pick and just kind of talk about that. We're also going to be giving a little bit of insight as to some additional Deshaun Watson rumors that have came out. Uh, you know, kind of just going over the, his fit with the Chicago Bears and if it would make sense to even trade for him. Following that, we're going to be ending the show with our ideal off where both Reese and I give a lot of the moves that we'd like to see the Chicago Bears make and some predictions as far as if these are reasonable moves to expect. Thank you guys so much for supporting us once again. Uh, we're going to be sticking with you guys on our once a week basis throughout the entire off season. Uh, so so look forward to a lot of off-season news. We're going to be going over rumors, news. We're going to be analyzing, giving some of our thoughts for what we'd like to see. And, you know, it's going to be a really interesting and fun off-season for Bears fans, considering that we are going to see a lot of changes. The team that's going to be coming out starting the 2021 season is going to look drastically different than the 2020 season. Thank you guys so much and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bear Necessities podcast. Uh, this week, we don't have to watch another depressing Bears game uh, where they get their ass kicked like we did on the last uh, two weeks of the season, uh, but you know, uh, now we can fantasize over Deshaun Watson, so I guess that is good news for Bears fans. Reese, how are you doing this week?
1: I'm doing good, you know, I'm looking at it this way, you know, the Bears are and 0 right now, you know, they can't <laughs> do no wrong, we, are, we haven't lost yet, you know, we haven't won a game either, but... I know that this current football season is still going on, but I think if you're a Bears fan, your mind is definitely um, at least towards the off season, looking into the future, which is exciting. This is an exciting time of the year where we get to be, you know, probably overly excited about our team, a little bit unrealistic. And that's because we're not playing anyone. So we don't have to be grounded or humbled any times. And we can really, you know, take our own objectivity into it. And, you know, with that being said, you know, we can have that optimism, but, you know, you and I have definitely been critics of this team recently. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we're definitely going to be pretty fair in our assessments of this team and, you know, where they're currently at.
0: Before we get into the show, I want to give a quick little shout out to uh, my YouTube comment of the week. To the the man who accused us of being related to the McCaskies for our defense <laughs> and keeping Ryan base in Matt and So thank Which you. I, I-
1: I love, I, I, like, what's behind that insult. <laughs> like, you know, like, you're so bad, you're related to the damn rumors of this team, and that's why they suck. Yeah. You know?
0: Which, he, he, hey, man. We, we had to have been... I, I like to think that in this guy's head, he actually believes that we are related to the McCaskies because of us defending, so. keeping Ryan Pace and Matt Nat. I mean, we weren't even defending it. We, we were talking about the thought process that leads to it. Um and, you know, why and we're, you if know, we ultimately related, OK we would, with it.
1: If we were related, we wouldn't need to do this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't we, we'd be, be more here, than fine on the money front. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we definitely have an interest in the team, but we wouldn't have to do the podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'd be uh, box level every single game. We wouldn't. We, <laughs> you think we had have time to record a freaking post game podcast at like 10 o'clock at night? No yeah, way. No way. Exactly. no way. No way. No <laughs> way. Uh, So, yeah, you guys can rest assured that if either Reese or I ends up getting big money, we will immediately quit doing this. A hundred percent. Y'all are nothing. (laughs) Of (laughs) course, of course, I mean the opposite. I love y'all. Yeah. yeah. You're what
1: keeps me going every day.
0: Yeah. You know, we actually do run this, you know, it's kind of a a charity right now for y'all because we do, we've, we brought this up before. We actually lose money on this podcast uh, you know, but, you know, we're, we're going up to here. We're actually pretty close to, uh, you know, making some some decent bucks off this. We actually hit 100K listens uh, on on YouTube uh, this week. So, that that's pretty exciting. That's
1: actually a pretty cool achievement, yeah. I
0: like yeah, that. Yeah, over, uh, you know, over, what is it, a couple months, a season, I guess, a full yeah. season of being on YouTube. So, yeah, that's pretty big. I mean, that's kind of how recent I celebrate is we bring up an accomplishment and we both go, yeah, it's kind of cool. And then we, <laughs> then we move never on. It's
1: never anything too crazy. You know, once we hit some, like, decent milestones, we'll definitely, you know, celebrate accordingly. I will say mm-hmm. that, though.
0: Yes, I'll uh, I'll break out the, you know, the Russell's Reserve bourbon uh, for, for, <laughs> the, for the occasion. The fancy bourbon. No. Yeah, very, um, very, we're
1: classy, yeah.
0: Yeah, very classy. But, you know, actually, what I love about the offseason is, honestly – From now, it gets a little boring uh, until that franchise tag deadline uh, that pops up. But really, you know, this is the time where anything can happen. And your team isn't defined by really a strict set of rules. Uh, Teams can go from, you know, like we did uh, in 2017 to 2018, where we went from, what was it, a 6-win team to a 12-win team. Things like that happen over this period of time. And it's really where, you know, dominant teams and franchises and dynasties are built. They're not really built on the field. They're built off the field. So uh, with that in mind, there's going to be this this Bears team. It's going to be a a really fun offseason because there's going to be a lot of change on the roster. Um, we can only assume that it's going to be for the immediate benefit as well, considering uh, bringing back Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. I can't imagine if we were going to go through another retool or rebuild that we would uh, be bringing back either of those two. So we can rest assured that we're going to have an interesting offseason. And, you know, really the, the boring part of this off season is after the draft when you literally have, you know, weeks and weeks until training camp even. Uh and with COVID and how it's, how it's currently going, uh, we are not, uh, likely to be going to training camp, unfortunately, but I mean, Reese, any, any comments on that? No, you know,
1: I think that, you know, yeah, I don't think we're going to be going to training camp, unfortunately, which, which sucks because I think, you know, you and I have always had this marketing idea and, you know, it'd mm-hmm. probably be a great time now because maybe we'd actually see some Bears fans that do listen to us. Uh, they never see our faces, really, but not that they'd recognize. But maybe <laughs> we they'd can recognize reassure
0: you that they just—you'll know we're at the Bears camp when you see the two sexiest people you've ever seen in your entire life. That's how—that's exactly. how you'll know we show up. We'll show up.
1: <laughs> exactly. You know, once you see that, you know that's for sure. And rest assured. You know, yeah. for the Bears, for the Bears, I think that you know, this is definitely a big off season and, you know, I feel like we say that every, you know, year, but it seems like, you know, if you're going to pick one to kind of say that this is kind of going to define how this team does in this decade, uh, I think this would certainly be the one, you know, where they didn't change, you know, the upper management didn't change a GM or head coach, but, you know, maybe even something that's nearly equally, you could argue more important than those positions is the quarterback position. And, you you know, mm-hmm. they're definitely at the point where it, it seems like something's very likely going to happen. I, I, you know, I, there's certainly, I do leave that option that Trubisky could still be on this team just by freak of nature, you know, anything can happen. But at the same time, it certainly seems like the bears are ready to, to turn the page and onto a new chapter and, you know, hopefully a new chapter for this team and, you know, more specifically the offense. So, I think it's definitely an off season to be excited for, and one that you know you definitely want to make sure that you keep tuning in to this podcast and onto our YouTube channel so that we can keep you guys informed all along the way.
0: Yeah, it's 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 going to be insane. I mean, just having a new quarterback is huge for a team. It it completely. I mean, to be to be fair, I mean, if this goes our way this off season, uh, it will literally define the next you know 15 to 20 years of the franchise uh because we'll, if we get our guy i mean it's going to we if we're going to extend him and keep him th- th- this will be the new era this will be when the new era begins um you know we we're kind of optimistic with that with Mitch that didn't turn out to be the case um but you know it, it's interesting cuz i don't see a lot of uh players like Mitch in this draft i either see you know, guys, I think that could do really, really good. And then I think of other guys who I think could be busts. Uh, let's let's hope that we get the former there. But let's go ahead and get right into the news. Um, you know, the Lions, they have found a new head coach, Dan Campbell. Um, kind of a franchise that have been cursed with the way they've handled that head coach position. Um, back when they were almost making the playoffs. I, I, I can't remember uh what their last coach besides Patricia, what's his name? I, I can't remember his last name. Sheesh, I can I can picture him though.
1: Me too. You know, like it was just right in my head. Just from how many times
0: <laughs> everyone oh brings God, it up. Right and Patricia point. was a clear downgrade. A, a clear downgrade from him. Uh, his tenure could not have went worse. Uh, so the bar is really low for Dan Campbell. Uh, personally, if I was a Lions fan, I wouldn't be too excited about this hire. Uh, he was a tight ends coach and assistant head coach of the Saints. You know, with that, you know, I, I think they really uh, just drawn to probably who he is as a person more than his actual schematical advantages. Uh, we don't really know who he is as an offensive mind, and he's probably going to end up being someone, you know, more like... Uh, Someone who delegates the tasks, I think that the offensive coordinator signing there is going to be very important, same with defensive coordinator. Um, but you know, right now, uh, the Detroit Lions fans, they have reason to be happy. they're, they're also getting changed, but not I'm not overly optimistic about Dan Campbell just taking this team to the next level personally.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're certainly pulling from a good tree, you know, from the Sean Payton tree. I'd be lying if I, you know, knew, said I knew much about his scheme. Lying,
0: lying. That's a good one.
1: (laughs) I'd be lying. Yeah, exactly. Big, big pun people here. Not really. I hate puns. But anyway, I, I think that he can do good things there, you know, where that franchise has been it's kind of tough to say because they had some of their better years in that past decade, which is kind of odd to say, but of course that the Lions are one of the perennial, just bottom dwellers of the league. I mean, it's just well known. And, you know, I I feel bad for, for lions fans and us bears fans think we're better just because we got that ring, honestly. And and because (laughs) we don't consistently finish in last place. But I, I think that, The Lions are in a weird spot where it certainly seems like there could be possible change at the quarterback position. We don't know quite yet. But it seems like even if Stafford doesn't go now, he might go sometime soon. So they might be looking for a quarterback in the near future. They have talent on the offense. It always seems like they have talent on the offense, but it's never enough and, you know, the defense just isn't consistent. There's just not a team that really has ever found that way to win, you know, even when it's ugly, you know, even when mm-hmm. it's just maybe a game you didn't deserve to win, the Lions don't really seem to end up, end up getting the benefit of the doubt. So it's really tough to say, you know, Dan Campbell's going to be the person that turn it around. With that being said, you know, possibly, you know, he hits a groove. Like you said, even if he just delegates, if he's able to pick the right people in today's NFL, if you have good assistants, it seems like you can... Do really well. It, the only problem with that mm-hmm. is that those assistants are going to get poached likely for to become a head coach at another place. Right. So you run kind of more on short term success unless you can kind of consistently pick good assistants. So we'll see how he ends up setting it up. I think that you know once we know what his full staff is going to look like, we might get a better idea of exactly how that team is going to try to play. um You know, other than that, they kind of have an interesting offseason coming up to deciding who they want to bring back. You know, possibly some of their, you know better players could get lured away. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to look at, you know, what this team looks like heading into training camp for the Lions, and we'll probably have a good idea of maybe what their ceiling will be then.
0: You know, just from a gut instinct, I feel like they're, they are going to keep Stafford. I, I do think that in the near future they could potentially uh, end up getting a new quarterback. But really, whenever a new regime comes into a franchise, it always seems like they... Are, unless it's like a, a pre-thought-out plan and the quarterback's like really old, it always seems like they tend to err on the side of caution at least wait a couple years to get kind of a feeling of, you know, the direction of Matthew Stafford, uh, the direction of the rest of this team. I mean, Matthew Stafford, while he may not be a great quarterback, he's certainly a very good quarterback and a quarterback you can win a lot of games with. I mean, fa- let's face it if this Detroit Lions team didn't have him, uh, this team would be god-awful every single year. Like, absolutely bottom of the league, garbage and, and like while they're close to
1: Owen sixteen every year probably.
0: Yeah. 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 And, and and it's on, it's truthfully masked a lot of their issues and kept regimes uh in you know in place from longer than they should than they should have. While, you know, the Bears, they may, you know, have made some early moves to remove some people because they didn't have a great quarterback. It's almost been the opposite for the Lions. Another team like the Texans, truthfully with Watson uh, kind of like the antithesis of the Browns, you know, where the, where they they are kind of moving on to people too early from people too early. The Slines team has kind of held on to some people for too long. Uh, like Matt Patricia and it, it has led to a lot of it's because of Matthew Stafford. And Matthew Stafford, I mean, if I'm a GM and I walk into the office, you think I'm gonna, you think I'm even gonna risk for a second getting rid of Matthew Stafford. There, there's there's just no way. I would never do that because then you're opening yourself up to uh, if you don't find the replacement soon, you are screwed. Like if, if you don't find his replacement in like two to three years, or even if you try to, you know, draft someone and develop them and they don't end up working out, that's your job. You know, the quarterback position keeps people hired and it leads people to get fired.
1: And I think that's the case for maybe one to two more years. But realistically, after that, with kind of mm. the way that Stafford's career has gone, if they hang on for him for a little bit too long, they're going to end up how the Steelers are with Big Ben right now. I don't true. know if there's a team in a worse quarterback position than the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. They are That's having true. to pay Ben Roethlisberger ungodly amounts of money <laughs> each year, and he keeps coming back to, to play at a pretty mediocre level. I mean, he's not nearly top of the league anymore. If you no. want like a quarterback that really holds that team back, I mean... We can talk about Mitch Trubisky. We can also talk about Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. I, I think that they could possibly be in the same conundrum if it's kind of like that point of his career, but he's still on you know some kind of deal. I'm you know not exactly sure what the specifics would be, of course, but if he's still on some kind of deal where he's getting paid like an elite quarterback, but he's mm-hmm. not performing at that level then you're in a worse spot, at least in my eyes. But I know yeah. exactly what you mean. Any GM, you know, if they just want to save face and be around for a couple of years, right, you're going to keep Stafford because unless they can hit on a quarterback in the draft, which, you know, they would repeatedly have chances if they wanted to pull the trigger, mm-hmm. then, you know, right, that's that's your position. You're done. So I know exactly where you're coming from.
0: Well, I It's one of those weird things because – Uh, yeah, exactly. Like I think what will end up happening, what will end up happening is that he will play out the rest of his deal for Detroit. And then after that, they'll take a look at the market and he'll probably want something like, I can only imagine in the realms of $40 million a year, which isn't even touching Patrick Mahomes level type of pay at that point. Uh, but still going to be like the new, the new, Uh, really the the new level of what quarterbacks will make in this league, which is insane to think about. Um, And at that time, I think they'll end up making that decision. Another franchise I was thinking might look for a quarterback, but now I'm leaning towards they probably won't, uh, is the Falcons too. I think they're more likely than the Lions, but with the Falcons, you know, Matt Ryan, he's 35. He's still playing pretty good. Um, And I just, I can't imagine that a new coach, new GM is going to come in and get rid of Matt Ryan Instantly, before they can actually go through a season and see if he can perform on a team that's a very evidently rebuilding.
1: Yeah, and I will say this too. I think for a lot of these quarterbacks that are household names but have not accomplished too much aren't really routinely good like Matt Ryan. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Matthew Stafford maybe suffers because, because he's could because Two guys on the same on,
0: level, very similar on, level of quarterback Yeah, play.
1: maybe Stafford suffers because he's not on a great team. But... Today's young crop of quarterbacks and quarterbacks, and the fact that you know each draft is probably supplying two to three like potential franchise quarterbacks each draft, is making it so these kind of these guys expiration dates come up quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really is putting the pressure on it because if you think about it in past years drafts, like it was more boomer bust. Sometimes you'd walk away with quarterbacks that, you know, wouldn't or draft years that wouldn't hold any good quarterbacks and then, you know, maybe there's still some years where you do get three or four good ones, but it wasn't quite as often as we are seeing now and I think it's, you know, we've touched on it before a lot, you know, it has to do with where the game has gone and, you know, how, you know, more and more of what we've seen in college football has kind of blended mm-hmm. into the league. It's just it's putting the pressure on, on some of on some of these quarterbacks and, you know, not only is it causing potential for them to move, but also how executives make decisions. because so It's going to make them speed up their mm-hmm. decision making process. They're going to have to be evaluating, you know, coaches and executives, you know, more rapidly because, you know, right. Players like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, they, they make your life very easy, you know, as an executive just having that kind of luxury of having a player that's going to hold Mm -hmm. down that position for many years to come, just, it relieves so much stress.
0: (laughs) And honestly, I think the Packers would be in a better position today if they did (laughs) like they'd be in a better position. They'd have a better overall team outside of Aaron Rodgers if they didn't have Aaron Rodgers, uh, because I think it's led to a lot of complacency with the regimes that they've had. Obviously uh, Brian Gutekunst comes from the same regime, uh, as the prior Packers GM, I am blanking on his name again. Jesus, I sound like I don't know the NFC North. Um, but the, pro- he, he was an internal hire from the same regime, kept a lot of the same guys, uh, around house. And while the Packers, you know, they've done a pretty good job, uh, being where they're at. It's not that hard to do that with a guy like Aaron Rodgers. And in, in, in my own personal opinion, I think Brian Gutekunst, I think he's an okay GM. I think he was clear. He's clearly better than his previous one. Um, but with the acceptance, With the exception of Jared Alexander um, and guys like uh, Elton Jenkins, uh, I just have not been overly impressed by him, Uh, but that's an entirely separate thing. But I I am interested uh, in seeing how everything plays out because I truthfully think the days of drafting and developing a quarterback behind your starter, like what the Packers are doing right now, is so far gone and just not in this, not in this modern day NFL. It is very old school NFL type of thinking. Um, And it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out for the Packers.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we can transition into, into Mm -hmm. our next topic in a second, but I will just say, it just goes to show you, you know, how much, you know, having that quarterback really just smooths things out and you can leave a lot more holes on your team when you do have that, like, the mm-hmm. Packers could definitely be more successful and win more championships, and probably haven't supplied Rodgers, you know, enough to where he could get all those rings that he probably should have. But at the same time, you know, they've been able to sustain success for so long just simply because they got one position, you know. <laughs>
0: it, it it shows you so much about why the Bears should absolutely be calling every single damn day about Deshaun Watson and bugging the hell out of that organization until they make a bad move. Um, but yeah, we can uh, go ahead and move on. The one thing that I want to say uh, that I think is so funny about Big Ben is, man, does he, he just looks like the lead like if he walked up to you at like a grocery store and said he was an nfl quarterback you'd be like yeah right leave me the hell alone right like he, yeah. he just does not he uh, one of my favorite uh quotes was after he grew out his beard it was like he looks like that uncle that plays football with you after thanksgiving and That was after i was like that is so spot on um yeah but yeah let, let's go ahead and move on to bear specific news uh we have some coordinator uh, news obviously the Bears are still looking for their defensive coordinator. You know, kind of taking a while compared to how quickly that Chuck Pagano hire happened. Uh, and then also the Rams already found their new defensive coordinator. Um, so l- l- let's go over a couple things. Originally, when we were making this round, Rundown, Jay Rogers and Sean DeSay were the top internal candidates. Now we learned that Jay Rogers is going to be joining uh, Brandon Staley for the Chargers. Um, so that's going to be a rough hit. I definitely think we are going to feel that. I think guys like, you know, maybe Akeem Hicks or like m- maybe more guys like Mario Edwards Jr. and Brent Urban, these type of guys, we're not going to get the same level of production out of them next year unless we find a really good replacement for him. Um, but outside of that, we've the Bears have interviewed currently Jonathan Gannon, uh, Colts DB coach. Uh, former Vikings defense coordinator, and he was like some sort of consultant for the Cowboys last season. George Edwards, uh, he was with them for a couple of years when they had a good defense, um, and then also James Betcher. And then let's not forget about uh, who did who did they interview again today? Mike Singletary. Oh yeah, that, that's what I was thinking about. Mike Singletary. For some <laughs> reason, I was thinking it was going to be an actual. It was actually like an intriguing candidate, but no, it's Mike Singletary. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who? Like who else was it? Oh, man. Um. Yeah. So, so so some initial thoughts. Um. With Gannon, uh, he's likely to run a four three, which I'm not entirely happy about. Uh. As a DB coach, uh, I, you know personally, I'd prefer to get someone that's more accustomed with the defensive line, at rushers, outside linebackers. Um, and he's also someone who I was watching some interviews. There's a really lack of information on him out there. He seems like a really soft-spoken guy, uh, even more soft-spoken than someone like Vic Fangio, which, you know, maybe that doesn't matter entirely. And we can let his resume speak more for him than that. But, you know, typically, uh, he's kind of the opposite of Chuck Pagano and that George Edwards, uh, he seems like more of a very strong leader for the defense, uh, and same thing with James Betcher, who runs a very aggressive defense, three-four. Uh, was in New York, didn't do a great job there, but a lot of New York fans say it was because he lacked ta- because they lacked talent. And he did a really good job uh, for Arizona. And apparently, he did some consulting work for the Bears this past season. Yeah, Any names I, I, sticking out? I mean, do uh, you know? I, I know you told me you're a huge fan of us hi- uh, hiring Mike Singletary as our- a. <laughs> You know, Samurai
1: Mike, you know, I think 85 bears might be rolling in the grave here in this, but I just don't know if he can (laughs) quite do it for, you know, a modern day defense. You know, of course he had that head coaching experience with the 49ers, which, you know, that, that didn't go too great. Uh, (laughs) You know, in a defensive coordinator role, I'm sure it'd be a lot you know, easier for him to figure out. I feel like he, he became a defensive coordinator somewhere after he got fired as a head coach, but I can't remember exactly where. But that's basically how I feel about Singletary. I don't think he should really seriously be considered unless, you know, the Bears organization knows something that I don't, which is possible. Um, you know, John Gannon, I think that the one thing that stands out to me is he's definitely one of the leading candidates. I've mm-hmm. Definitely, it seems like he might be, you know, at least a front runner. I'm not really sure if that exists in this case for, you know, who the Bears are interviewing and how they're evaluating it. But it seems like he's definitely one of the leading names. But, yeah, for the reason you brought up the 4-3, I just don't like the Bears making that switch back over. I think, you know, for the personnel that they have right now, I don't think it makes sense. And I think in the future, I mm-hmm. think it's just better to build in that 3-4 scheme against today's offenses. I just think it works better. Um, and, and so that, to me, makes Betcher probably the most appealing candidate, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I do like that. You know, aggressive style of defense I really just want to see that return to that with you know some of the personnel that the Bears have right now I would like to see you know Khalil Mack getting to play an aggressive brand of football I don't want to see him getting flexed out into coverage ever again you know mm-hmm. Pagano I think he's a defense a, a decent defensive coordinator but I don't want to see some of the things that he did with Mack happening um you know I think that He could possibly be the best solution there, but yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, losing Jay Rogers is, is a a kind of a bit of a hit. It's probably someone that I think we are both thinking was probably pretty likely to take that position. Yeah. So yeah, to lose him off that list, it it does hurt at the same time. I think the bears can still definitely get someone that's going to at least make this defense work well, but it's going to be, you know, a little bit of trial and error, maybe. I think, you know, maybe the the switch over to the next defensive coordinator might not be seamless, but at the same time, I hope that, you know, if it ends up being something like Betcher that, you know, maybe we can get a return to, you know, something that looks more like the 2018 defense or just, you know, feels like it. Because it's, it just seems like, you know, where that defensive defense was, it just seems like they lost something and they had a certain energy, and I think that's kind of the aggressiveness that Fangio brought along.
0: Yeah, you know with Gannon first I'm going to address him uh being a DB coach while I do have to say that I would prefer someone with a lot more extensive defensive line uh, experience it's it's no doubt that being a DB coach you would definitely have more under like a bigger understanding of like probably like 80 percent of what being a defensive coordinator is which is adjust coverage more than anything else uh you know stunts and you know twists and everything they're obviously very important but not to the same extent as the type of coverage you run Uh, so yeah jonathan gannon he's interesting he's from the eberflus tree and obviously eberflus has done just an absolutely insane job with the amount of talent that colt's team has um guy like george edwards him him and betcher are my top candidates the The question is for uh, Edwards: Is how how much of a role did he have in those really good Vikings defenses uh, that took them to the playoffs a couple times in a row? Uh, and and how much of that was their current head coach? Um, so so that's something that I'm a little bit concerned about with Betcher. You know, New York. I I can't really blame him for his New York stint because he also didn't have a great uh, head coach with him there, and he. Um, Obviously, they did not have great talent by any means on that defense. But what I do like about it is I like that he does run an aggressive defense. Uh, That's something that I felt Chuck Pagano, uh, which is weird because during his early years, uh, when he was a Ravens assistant, he was viewed as an aggressive coach. But um, obviously, towards the end of his Bears tenure, we played very passive defenses, which I absolutely hated. Um, And I would like to see, you know... Why, if, if we do get a coordinator, I would like him to be a, a more aggressive guy. Um, and then also just based on what he did with some of those Arizona defenses, I think it's fair uh, to assume that he would, you know, potentially be able to do that and more with this Chicago Bears defense, uh, which I think is extremely talented also. You know, depending on if we keep Fuller or not, I know that's kind of a question that's out in the air because he didn't have a great season, and he also is due to make like $20 million this year, and we can cut him for, uh, you know, a pretty easy contract for us uh, to get rid of. Uh, Patrick Peterson, free agent, might have a little bit of uh, interest in drawing him over to the Chicago Bears.
1: Yeah, that would certainly be interesting. and I know as I was kind of collecting some, taking some notes about, you know the free agent class and the bears off season you know a lot of people are calling for a, a change at that strong safety position you know not quite happy with what uh Tishon gibson has done so you know for the people that are in that boat you know maybe that would be some some welcome news
0: well maybe you can bring in the honey badger too bring in the honey badger
1: uh, <laughs> getting, getting rid of Eddie <laughs> jackson too <huh>? somehow yeah
0: <laughs> yeah um Might need but- to Yeah, uh, (laughs) Um, but no, the but ultimately, you know, Desai, people, there's good things said about him, but I just really don't know much about him. I, you know, if he, I don't really know, like, quite frankly, anything about him. It's really hard to find information on him. I know former players liked him. I know that he almost went to Denver with Fangio and we blocked it. So, you know, maybe he ends up getting that role, I just, I really would have no idea what to even make of it because he doesn't really have anything to put on the table. Whereas, you know, someone like a Betcher, he's more of kind of a shorter thing. And then also same thing with Gannon as Desai, you just don't really know too much about him. So if the Bears, I I would prefer the safety. And I think Matt Nagy would too, of going with someone who's already been a defensive coordinator, even if they've had a, you know, kind of a stint where it didn't go great for them.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, even to say I think he's a good candidate, like you said, we don't have a a wealth of information on him. I think, you know, it's reasonable for the Bears to make an internal hire here, and I think it's reasonable for them to to go and get a former defensive coordinator. I think I would edge more to what you said and getting a former defensive coordinator, but at the same time, if it ends up being someone internally, I'm not going to be upset. You know, this Bears defense has a good track record. You know, the people involved in the past, you know, few years of defense, I think, are are good at least. Um, so with that being said, I, I think that it's definitely important how the Bears fill this position. I don't think they're going to massively screw it up. I don't think they're necessarily going to hit a home run here just because of the options that are available. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I think that this Bears defense is going to gonna be good at least next year it's just a question of how good they can be and you know hopefully they can maximize the potential of you know what they have
0: I'm very meh about all of these candidates uh truthfully like I I can't really there's not one that just sticks out to you uh like I mean back when Vic Fangio was fired the two guys that I wanted were either Todd Bowles or uh, Chuck Pagano and I wanted Bowles more. Unfortunately, that was at the same time that Arians got rehired. Um, and does, I don't know. Did Betcher did he kind of overlap with Bowles in Arizona? I don't I don't know. Are they from kind of the same tree? Uh, not quite sure about that. But yeah, I'm uh,
1: not hundred percent sure either.
0: If he did, I'm even more for uh, the Betcher higher than because uh, I think Todd Bowles is an awesome coordinator and what he's done with Tampa Bay uh, with some. You know, they obviously have some defensive line talent, but. I mean, I don't think there's anyone doubting that the Bears have more than them.
1: Yeah, I mean, there'd be some people who just go by the numbers. But I think, you know, when you peel the layers back and look at the actual personnel and their actual, mm. you know, levels of ability and skill, I'd definitely say, yeah, the Bears are, are better off there.
0: So let's go ahead and move on to the next topic. There's been some rumors circling around that the Jets might, in fact, stick with Sam Darnold and trade the number two overall pick and apparently they're they kind of look at um you know past trades like what washington had to give up in order to draft rg3 um and just some of the hauls that they might be able to get for that pick obviously uh that pick is you know probably to draft justin fields uh it's not entirely sure you know i think some people are pushing for zach wilson over justin fields because You know, Zach Wilson's probably a little bit more of a sure thing, whereas Fields is probably going to need a little bit more development uh, as far as his anticipation in certain aspects of his game. Uh, The question is, should the Bears be interested in resell that you kick this topic off? I
1: think they should definitely be interested. Uh, I'm not 100% certain they'd ever pull the trigger on it. You know, trade enough for the number two pick to pick a quarterback. That didn't really work out too well last time uh (laughs) kind of this time you might need to
0: trade three first round picks so (laughs) could have went way worse last time if that was the case
1: (laughs) yeah right and i think that justin fields certainly piques my interest Uh, you know so does zach wilson i think for this bears team zach wilson seems like the better fit to me you know personally so I'm not sure if they would 100 need to make this move unless, like you said, you know Zach Wilson doesn't end up leaning over Justin Fields. I know some people are starting to bring up those question marks about Fields. From what I've seen, Justin Fields playing, I think he's a great quarterback. I, I do think that you know he has some limitations as to you know he's good at throwing the ball downfield, has a decent sized arm. It seems like sometimes he can just kind of get in a rut. He has bad games, bad moments, mm-hmm. bad streaks. So I, I can I can see that concern. You know, at the same time, I'm not 100% certain I want to see the Bears trade up that far. I think I'd be happy with them possibly trading up into the top 10 to take a quarterback. I don't think that would bother me. I think trading all the way up to number two, though, I don't know. Fields doesn't make me want to make that move. You know, with Mm -hmm. it's just I'm not 100% sold on him. I think he can be real good. But it's just one of those things. It's like a Mac Jones, like Alabama quarterbacks don't end up too well. And for whatever reason, you know, Ohio State quarterbacks in the NFL recently just
0: has not really gone Mm -hmm. too well. Like Haskins and certain other JT Barrett. Um, Yeah. And the thing is with Fields is that you just have to be like so enamored by his physical ability. I mean the man can throw the ball a mile. And then he's also just has perfect touch on those deep balls to Olave and like he he has so much that you look at and you're like, this guy can be a top quarterback. But then there's certain things like, you know, he holds on the ball too long, he doesn't have the best anticipation, he gets in these ruts sometimes in games, but then he like comes out and has like one of those games he had against Clemson, and you're like, dude, how is this guy not the first overall pick? You know? It it's just such an interesting sample size four fields and i just i don't know i don't feel entirely comfortable with trading up to number two to grab him i almost feel like the number three pick is a better option because which is weird to say because i'd almost rather the bears not have the choice between fields and like you know getting someone like zach wilson i'd rather have because i would be okay with it either way the, the issue with the number two pick is that I don't know if the Bear... It's like such a hard evaluation because I think Fields can be way better than Wilson. Uh, but I can also see uh, where Wilson turns out way better than Fields. It, it's, it's a very interesting quarterback class in that way. Uh, the only reason I would trade up to the number two overall pick is if I thought by any godsend that the Jaguars may in fact pick fields first overall, because urban Meyer is now their head coach. Uh, if I have that thought process, then I'm all for trading up to that number two overall, but I just, I still don't (laughs) think that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, if that
1: happens, I think there's gonna be a bunch of teams, you know, Hitting the the Jets line for sure. I mean, right. there'd be a lot of teams that'd be willing to to want to go up and, and make that move, and you know, we'll see if that potentially could happen. I mean, crazy things happen, and you know, saying that Urban Meyer might not want one of his guys back, it's not too far fetched. You know, I, I think there's at least a reasonable argument to be made there. But yeah, with Fields, I'm not 100 sold, even though I've seen him you know tear up the Big Ten you know routinely. He's done nothing but win, not national championships, but Big Ten championships you know, he's, he's a winner and he's got like that kind of mentality. And I guess basically what we're saying here, Austin, is we'd rather Ryan Pace not have to make a choice at quarterback. Here. Honestly,
0: honestly. <laughs> yeah. Like I think that both of them, I, I think there's a world where it doesn't necessarily have to be either one. They could both turn out well. I think Zach Wilson has a lot of reasons to like him. Uh, some reasons not to like him as well, but you know, it's, I think that Zach Wilson is more of a sure pick than Fields. Uh, just because of the way he processes is just so quick and snappy and it's at an elite level for where he's at. I I think it'd be really weird to see Zach Wilson just come into the NFL and be a terrible quarterback. But I could see that be for Fields, but I also don't know if Wilson will necessarily light up the league like some people think he might. Whereas I could see Fields do that personally. But I mean, this kind of draws into the second conversation, which is back around once again to Deshaun Watson. If you have to trade three first round picks to get Justin Fields, why not just trade them to Houston to get Deshaun Watson? You know that, that at the end of the day, that makes way more sense. And, you know, a lot of people compare fields as a bigger version of Deshaun Watson. You know, he has a lot of the same struggles that Watson had coming out of college that led to him end up becoming the third quarterback picked in the class. I think they picked him at number 10, um, you know, I just I feel from the Bears perspective, if you're going to trade three first round picks, man, I would way rather just trade it for the sure thing in Watson uh, and, and roll with that, especially someone who's already, you know, developed quite a bit at the NFL level. Yeah, and, and
1: you know what? Here's this is where I'm at with Watson. And it's kind of interesting. And I don't want this to sound like a slight to Watson. I think that Deshaun Watson is a is a great quarterback. I almost just want the Bears to bring in Deshaun Watson and, and not draft a quarterback. Even though I almost always preach, you know, you go draft that quarterback and you get that. You know, quarterback for what seems like a lifetime. You know, you mm-hmm. get him for their whole career, lock them down, and keep a sustained success. And of course, you know Deshaun Watson is still very much, at least on the early part of his NFL career. So you'd be locking him down for a significant period of time. Twenty-five. Well, yeah, exactly. There's still a lot of life left in his game. Hopefully, at least for his career's sake. Um, with that being said, I almost just want them to bring in something like Deshaun Watson because we're like, this is where we're at with him. We know he's a good quarterback. If he doesn't work for the Bears, then we're just like, we know something's just so wrong here. Like, <laughs> if we take a good quarterback and put them in and they can't succeed, then obviously we know that, like, Nagy's the problem. But it's just exactly. Like, where does where does everything else, like, go wrong? Like, why would everything mm-hmm. go Like, why can't we have a good quarterback? It would basically be all the questions that we'd be asking. Because, I mean, I, I think that everyone can pretty comfortably say that, you know, he's at least a top 10 quarterback in the league you know, has plenty of ability, showed that he can still do it with a depleted roster, you know, with the Texans, still had a very good year quietly. You know, it's, there's no reason why he couldn't succeed unless, you know, there were people holding it back here. Um, You know, and, and I know there's a lot of people that are like, man, we trade away all that draft capital, you know, A for Mitch and then, you know, for Khalil Mack too. And it's really tough to like you know pucker up and take that and swallow you know how much you're having to give up at the same time it's tough to pass up too like if you pass this Mm -hmm. up everything that you've been asking for you know having a great quarterback at least everything that we've been asking for sure there's some fans that are more than happy to return you know with Trubisky next year which whatever they can be happy and live in that world but you know for people who think the Bears For the people that need, they think that the Bears need to make a change at quarterback, this is everything that you want right here. I mean, signed, sealed, and delivered. You want a, a top-ten quarterback, franchise quarterback, it's Deshaun Watson. I mean, he's proven that he mm-hmm. can do it every year of his career.
0: I Here's the thing, and you, you're hitting on a great point there. When you have a quarterback figured out, you're able to identify what the issues within the franchise are. Oh, the quarterback's having a down year. But it's a lot of receivers dropping his his passes. Oh, maybe we have an issue at receiver. Maybe we should draft the receiver. Oh, we have a really good quarterback, but our offense just looks terrible week after week. Well, maybe that's Matt Nagy's fault. Maybe he's not play calling well. There is no excuses anymore. There's no excuses for Ryan Pace. There's no excuses for Matt Nagy. And if you're someone who has an issue with ownership and the guys that in charge, the number one thing you should hope for them to figure out is the quarterback. When you have the quarterback figured out, you can, you, you can understand a little bit what the issues are more. Will it happen as quickly as when you don't have a quarterback for a lot of teams? No, but you'll at least know what the issues are and it'll be a lot more apparent. If we get Deshaun Watson and we go 8-8 eight eight next year, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are fired okay like like it will immediately happen and we will know the exact direction we need to go that's the thing about having deshaun watson another thing about watson is he's just such a good player he can overcome a lot um i mean think about how this roster dragged mitchell trubisky to the playoffs two times (laughs) right literally dragged him and he kept crawling away from (laughs) it and took every single damn person on the team to drag him back out listen This Deshaun Watson is, you know, he's a great talent. He's one of the top young quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Uh, Really hard to not. Personally, I would say he's better than someone like even a Josh Allen, because I think Josh Allen is still propped up a lot from certain aspects of his roster. Deshaun Watson has put up these numbers on absolutely crap teams and has just been abused by his teams too, you know? absolutely it's it's just he he is an awesome player and you know it sucks that we didn't draft him this team would have probably already won a super bowl if we did draft him uh in 2018 i truthfully think we would have if we i don't know if we would have if we drafted mahomes because we don't really know if mahomes is how he would have turned out outside of kansas city in this perfect you know environment Deshaun watson has been abused year after year and he still looks like an elite quarterback which is just insane you know and at the end of the day, it just it makes a lot of sense. Right now, we how I mean, how long have we been looking for a quarterback? How long? I mean, forever. Forever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. This team has never had a good quarterback, and it's there. Yeah, here it's come right the 85 there. Five Bears I, fans again. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not kidding. Like, I would legitimately trade our next entire three drafts for deshaun watson and I mean, the re- that's, that's an
1: insane it's take. insane uh, it's a little mike dick it. <laughs> it's a little
0: mike dick uh type ask thinking back when he was with the saints right uh, Yeah, exactly ricky but, williams man yeah yeah exactly but um no like quite frankly i would trade our next three first round picks and our next two second round picks and hell i might even throw an eddie jackson in there and in, in a trade like that it's insane amount to think about but here's here's the thought process at the end of the day if you trade away picks over the next three years. Right now, if we want to extend the life of this defense and and make our current run, this defense can go for another three years, I'm confident with. Because at that time, Khalil Mack will be about 32, 33. He'll probably start be coming down, you know, if he's not already starting to decline slightly, uh, which I don't think, I think a lot of it has been injury related, but then that also can be a product of getting older. Um, A guy like Akeem Hicks will be ready probably to retire at that time. And Eddie Jackson will be starting to be hitting 30. And, you know, there's different pieces of the roster that will be right at that end. So I I truthfully think that if we wanted to extend it, it, it's going to take three years. And then when you think about that in mind, okay, that means that you, if you traded your next three first round picks at the end of the time that you're, you're kind of coming out of your uh you know playoff form and starting to kind of need to break down the roster you'll have picks available right you would just yeah. have to be comfortable with using free agency to kind of prop up some of the holes in the roster or later dra- round draft picks Reese I'm gonna ask you a question real quick off the top of your head how many Ryan Pace first round picks do you think are on our current roster and just a number yeah, last season. How many or starters? How many do you? Th- how many starters from Ryan Pace? First round picks.
1: Oh, our first round picks? Yeah, just Roquan. Right? Roquan,
0: right? Roquan and Mitch, technically. Well, but Mitch, this yeah. now, now, yeah. now we have Roquan. Okay, so uh, how many years has he been our GM now? Like what? Like five, four, whatever, yeah. whatever that may be. Okay. Now uh, another another question is how many players were not even drafted by this damn team? I mean, you think about it, Akeem Hicks you know um Khalil Mack, Kaleel Mack uh, Robert Trevathan. Quinn Danny Trevathan um you know Kyle Fuller wasn't even drafted by Ryan Pace um You know, just a a ton of different guys: Trayvon Gibson, uh, Allen Robinson. Well, like all of our receivers except Darnell Mooney, or actually, no, only Allen Robinson. Now that I think about it, anyways, (laughs) point has point has been made. This team, most of the picks that have made up this team are late round picks, and then there are other guys who we have went to free agency. And Ryan Pace has been. When I say like he's made mistakes like on Mike Glennon and certain other signings, but at the end of the day, Ryan Pace has found some absolute gems in free agency like Akeem Hicks, you know, bringing in Mario Edwards Jr. midway through the year. I mean, huge, 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 huge. Um, And I, I feel comfortable with enough with Ryan Pace that he can still build this roster up every single year without first round picks. You want to look at the two years we didn't have first round picks because of the Khalil Mack trade, Jalen Johnson, Cole Komet, uh, David Montgomery, uh, Darnell Mooney. I mean, think about all these guys. Uh, no, Bilal. Sam Mustaford, undrafted free agent, Alex Bars, undrafted free agent. All these guys who have made an impact on our roster this year, none of them were found with first round picks. I think that's just evidence enough that this team can survive without first-round picks. The Rams trade a first-round pick every damn year. Their last first-round pick was Jared Goff. They're fine. Like we we And Ryan Pace has been drafting better than Les Need as well. But this team could 110% survive without first-round picks. So just make the damn deal. Just get it over with. And even if the next yeah. three years are average and they don't succeed and do anything with that, Okay, well, guess what? Deshaun Watson's 28. Now we have enough, now we can start building up again because we have a franchise QB. Hopefully, in that time, we'd f- figure out the organizational aspect. It, it it's just it's a no brainer. Uh, and truthfully, I think the Bears are right at the top of the list. I would be shocked if it was the Dolphins or the Jets. I know a lot of people are pointing to them because they have a lot of draft capital. But, A, I'm not entirely sure for them. It makes a lot of sense, anyways, because they already, you know, have quarterbacks that they're somewhat okay with. And they have a lot of picks, and a lot of their team doesn't, isn't specifically for the Jets, they have a lot of holes to fill. And I don't know if it'd make that much sense when you have the pick of the litter between uh, outside of, uh, outside of, geez, Trevor Lawrence. I I don't think it would make a lot of sense for the Jets. And for the Dolphins, they just drafted Tua. I get that you know Deshaun's probably going to be better than Tua, but at the same time, you know that's a lot of picks, and is is that really what's holding you back? Is another question you have to ask yourself. And then also, I don't think even even though the Texans are you know we're going to be really dumb if they do trade Deshaun Watson, even though he might kind of be forcing their hand there. I I just think there's no way he goes AFC. I think there's no way he goes AFC because guess what? If you look past over the past decade right there's been almost zero major trades within conference yeah and that's the biggest thing is i think that an nfc gm would be able to convince nick casario enough that you don't want to see this guy in the playoffs every single year in a couple years if you actually build this team well because that's the storyline and that's the fireball offense
1: yeah I mean that was one hell of a monologue, man. I, I think he took away everything that I could say about him. But um I will say this. I will say this. I think that, you know, saying that the Bears aren't in the mix for him would be very ignorant. I think that the Bears are definitely very much a real player in the sweepstakes. I think that, you know, Miami and, you know, New York do have Uh, more draft capital to work with, you know, having those higher picks are certainly an advantage. I'm not going to disagree with that, but the bears are very much in the mix. And what I will say on behalf of just should the bears go after him is yes. All I can say (laughs) is that yes. And that, you know, bears fans and the bears organization will be kicking themselves years down the road. If they end up not making this move not because they didn't try. If they try and make a legitimate effort, a legitimate package, but you know they're trumped by some other team, then fine. But if they decide not to make the run after them, they will be kicking themselves in years to come. Uh, that's just for certain.
0: Yeah, and especially if something goes tragically wrong with this team, like we draft another bus quarterback, it's just... Uh, the fact that you have two shots at Deshaun Watson, I mean, how how, how much more could you want? You know, and I know yeah. I know Ryan Pace's relationship with Casario is also a huge plus. I don't know entirely if Watson will get traded, um, but I'm thinking that he will, uh, and I would be shocked if it was to an AFC team. So I think that automatically puts the Bears in a high running with teams like the 49ers I think maybe Washington uh, I don't know how much he'd want to go to Washington or the Panthers uh, but it seems possible um, so yeah so, I mean I mean that's really at the end of the day go do it go do it and I'm, we'll be releasing yeah. another video on Watson pretty shortly but just just go do it get it done with you know don't don't yeah. worry about it anymore the one question that I would have is does ownership? The one thing that I think could hold this franchise back, because I truly think the Bears should have great have great odds to to landing Watson if he gets traded. Does ownership want Ryan Pace to make a move that's going to impact the future of the franchise that far down the line?
1: Yeah, that's a real question, and it's a it's a a concern too. But yeah, I think there's that's a very valid question yeah
0: (laughs) so that's really the one thing that i could think that could hold this team back i'm not too worried about draft capital because i think a lot of it has to do with you know i think truthfully a lot of it has to do with conference and the best draft capital in the conference right now are like the panthers and the 49ers and i don't know if i don't know if watson would want to play for the panthers And the 49ers are only like seven spots, which is a difference, uh, seven spots difference in the draft. So uh, you can easily make that up with an extra first round pick or doing some other stuff or, you know, we could offer potentially more players. But yeah, the Bears are definitely in the running for Deshaun Watson, um, as was also reported by Jeremy Fowler. He said that people around the league are speculating the Bears are interested in Watson. Um, So yeah, as we should be, as we should be. So, <laughs> yeah, fine. So, uh, yeah, to kind of, uh, you know, to kind of finish up the show. Reese and I both constructed our ideal off season for the Chicago Bears, and just for some baseline rules, uh, we said no trading for Deshaun Watson, no trading or getting Stafford, and Dak is off the table as well. Okay. Yeah so Reece, why don't you go ahead since i had that long monologue i'm kind of winded i'd say yeah uh, why don't you go ahead and start start us off on this one
1: yeah so i mean i think that you know the first step in the right direction is to basically just let trubisky walk of course mm-hmm. you know the fifth year option wasn't extended to him and you know i don't think he needs a new contract i think you can go ahead and uh and leave off to maybe greener pastures for him hopefully i mean i don't wish any will ill on him and you know kind of fill that hole i'd say that they end up drafting you know trey lance optimally um in the first round or you know end up trading up to take zach wilson i think that either one of those options maybe they both require a trade up i think that it's really hard to say exactly how it's all going to shake out now because so much happens over this off season where people's stocks will rise and fall for really sometimes it seems like no reason at all. It, it just <laughs> happens. There's a lot that happens before a draft day. So I, I think that, you know, any one of those two moves would definitely be something that I'd be happy with. I think that someone like Roy Robertson Harris, who, you know, Maybe the Bears would look to retain if they, you know, had more cap, Uh, you know, certainly if they had more cap or, you know, maybe they're weighing his performance against someone else that has a bigger cap hit like Akeem Hicks. I think that he ends up walking as well. And and from there, I think most of my attention turns to the offensive line. I think that Kendall Lamb would be someone that could come in and play right tackle. Uh, You know, he's not someone that's, you know, crazy big at the position, but I also kind of want to be realistic with, you know, where the bears are in cap as well. And, you know, of course I'd say, you know, Brandon Scherf, you know, that would, that'd be Mm -hmm. an amazing pickup for this team. I also said someone like Alejandro Villanueva, of course played for the Steelers. Uh, You know, he's not someone that's a stud, but he's someone that's been playing consistently at a high level for a while. And would definitely, you know, add some strength to the perimeter of the offensive line. I think that, you know, we feel pretty comfortable with where the interior is at, at least with two out of the three interior positions. And, you know, kind of want to see a little bit more focus towards that tackle position. And, you know, another person that saw that would be someone like Alex Leatherwood, who is the tackle from Alabama that is coming out, um, has been protecting Mac Jones, the quarterback that we do not want. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. um, I think that he certainly has a decent level of play. I think that he could end up being someone that's in that second round. So even if the Bears decide to part ways with their, you know, first round pick, it's someone that could they could still realistically pick up if they end up drafting a quarterback in the first round. They could go back and get him. And another thing that I saw, you know, if Allen Robinson ends up walking, you know, they don't give him a franchise tag. Someone like Corey Davis, maybe mm-hmm. you know, isn't a little bit of a affordable option for them. You know, brings a little bit of the same, totally different receipt. Not totally different, you know, but totally different in the way that they play, want to play their game. They end up playing a little mm-hmm. similar. They both have the strength of decent route running. Um, I would say that Corey Davis is a little more explosive, a little yeah. speedier, but not. Bigger. He's no. Yeah. In my opinion, he has maybe better intangibles, but doesn't execute his game quite as well. Has had a little bit of injury issues. Less consistent. Less consistent. So maybe someone you're able to bring in on a decent deal and, you know, in the right system, you know, might just need that one consistent year where he finds himself and could be, you know, someone that you keep around on your roster for a long time. So I was, my main focus was mainly on offense. I think there's a lot of things that could happen on the defensive side of the ball. You know, if there is a Deshaun Watson trade, then, you know, maybe someone like Eddie Jackson goes, maybe someone like Akeem Hicks mm-hmm. goes, I, I think that those are definitely possibilities. I think that, you know, there's a decent amount of restructuring. I think the defense will look likely very much the same, but you know, we'll see.
0: Yeah. So from what I've kind of played around with, with track and then other different types of, uh, apps that kind of let you control cap space and do different types of things. It looks like really the range of with, with the exception of if we cut Akeem Hicks or traded him, which I don't foresee happening, but I also don't says off the table, perhaps I think that a trade for him, I don't think it'd be to the Texans and a Watson trade because what are the Texans going to do with a 32 year old, Akeem Hicks, you know, I could see <laughs> maybe us sending him to like the chargers where he can rejoin Staley yeah. and, or, or something, something like that where he kind of rejoins a former head coach of his and that can, that sees his value there. Um, but that being said, I, I you, the bears can kind of range their cap from almost nothing to like 50 million total. And really it's just this year. That's the major issue. Uh, next year we can have up to like a hundred million in cap. Uh, so it's really weird how cap works, but we could get guys to, you know, kind of take deals that are more, uh, you know, delayed with their payouts uh, as well. But I'm to start, uh, I, I kind of referenced some uh, coaching staff changes as well. Uh, I, I said hiring Betcher for defensive coordinator, um, I said, you know, I think that the right move would be to find someone more capable than Bill Lazor. I don't. Th- I think Bill Lazor helped Matt Nagy a lot, but I also don't think he's the ceiling. So I would say fire Bill Lazor, hire Doug Peterson as the offensive coordinator, uh, since he just got fired. I think he'd be a great offensive coordinator for this team, and then kind of have that. You know, he worked really well with our quarterbacks coach as well, um, DeFilippo, of course. And uh, the only re-signings I would do uh, currently are pa- uh, Cordell Patterson. I love Cordell Patterson as a character and as uh, a player. I think that he is such a funny follow on Twitter, uh, if you haven't done that. <laughs> and then also, I just think he's just such you know such a funny dude. And then outside of that, we'll, I mean, the best technically the best kick returner of all time, you know? So keep him, definitely, in my opinion. Our our return game has been insane since he's came back. Bring back bars, must on small deals. Uh, and then some cuts. I would cut uh, Bobby Massey. I think we need to make some changes to the offensive line. Uh, that would save us about $7 million in cap. Cut Jimmy Graham. Uh, that would save us another $7 million in cap. And cut Anthony Miller, which would save us uh, only about $2 million. But the reason why I want to cut him is just because, you know, He just has been kind of, uh, you know, kind of an annoyance, you know, lately. I feel like to this team, you know, he's constantly on Twitter talking about how he doesn't get enough targets, uh, fighting players against the Saints. Uh, I would be fine if we moved on from, which is unfortunate because I was someone who had really high hopes for Anthony Miller in the league. Um, And then uh, something that may, you know, come, you know, a little bit of a surprise, but I would actually. Trade Kyle Fuller if it was me making the decisions Uh, at that 20 million dollars needing a new deal is about to be 30 years old I think you're going to get the most out of Fuller if you just trade him right now Uh, you can maybe get a second round pick if you send back you know maybe a fourth or something Uh, so I I had us trading Kyle Fuller to the Jacksonville Jaguars you know Urban Meyer gets a cornerback Uh, he says he wants to win now uh, yeah. why not, why not start building up that secondary again, get Kyle Fuller uh, and send us their, uh, round their pick 13 in the second round. Right. Uh, this doesn't seem too bad. Uh, <laughs> that. so then, then for some free agency signings, I said, you know, Corey Lindsley, uh, on the Packers right now, all pro center. Uh, while I, I do like Mustaford, there's no doubt Corey Lindsley would be a much better big addition to that and then also that is going to help our run game tremendously we're talking about as our starters uh Corey lindsey uh we got uh james daniels a uh, really high potential guard and then also the other benefit is cody whitehair can switch back to guard uh which the bears have said they view him as a potential all pro at that position and have just been p- playing him at center because of need so that could be you know three uh, a really really strong interior offensive line and make it a little bit easier to build around the edges with that as well. David Montgomery would thank us a lot. And then I also said Corey Davis. I think that you know he's he's someone who's this year put up like 900 yards uh, almost, and a, a, I think he put up like eight touchdowns or something. Uh, not not anything crazy, uh, but someone who's very young, very physically gifted, and could just be reaching you know the 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 floor of what his potential could be in the future. Um, Probably would take about $10 million for anyone that cares on a yearly basis. I uh, said so another one is uh, Chris Conley uh, from the Jaguars. Uh, he also played with Nagy. He's a slot receiver. Bring him in on a cheap deal uh, pretty easy. And then someone that I also think would be beneficial is potentially like a Hunter Henry. Um, you know, he's probably going to get a little bit overpaid, but we'd be probably paying him about what we'd be paying Graham anyways this year. So it just kind of makes sense that rather than paying Graham $10 million. And then uh, Xavier Rhodes, you know, he's not going to get a major deal either. He's just kind of a, you know, patchwork guy. Get him in on a small contract if you're sending out Kyle Fuller. And then in the draft, I wanted to do something (laughs) kind of crazy. So uh, I ended up trading our first round pick this year, first round pick next year, and a second round pick in 2020 to the Dolphins to have us pick Zach Wilson. Uh, There's your, you know... Franchise QB that you're hoping for. Uh, the Bears said they're going to be aggressive in their press conference. Let's see if they can be this aggressive. Uh, and then in round two, we have two two uh, second-round picks. Christian Darisaw and Paulson Adebo from uh, Stanford. And then in round three, Hamsa Nazir uh a, a great, strong safety there as well. So so then really just overall, just really what this is, is I want the Bears to get younger And I also, but I don't necessarily want them to uh, do a complete, you know, rebuild. I think that just like a quick one season, get some young talent. I mean, if we did something like this, we would have almost all of our DBs would be extremely young. You have potential of growth with Paul Sonodebo and and just the entire, you know, the offensive line gets uh, strengthened. You know, Charles Leno Jr., if... Christian Derrissaw doesn't step in immediately and become that franchise left tackle. You can play him at right tackle and Charles Leno can keep playing left tackle. If he does start becoming that franchise left tackle, great. Now you have a franchise left tackle. You can switch Charles Leno to right tackle and now you have an insane offensive line. Uh, So really, even though I know we would be technically getting... You know, I don't think we'd necessarily be getting worse at receiver. I think we'd be more even at all of our receiver positions, right? We'd have... Maybe, you know, maybe our top end wide receiver isn't as good, but our soft receiver is better. And then we'd have a better tight end group, which would be Hunter Henry and Cole Komet, which would be really good. And the other thing that I really like about uh, something like this is that, hell, now the Bears have so many different options. If they want to go heavy, I mean, you could put Cole Komet, Hunter Henry, Corey Davis, Chris Conley's like uh, 6'1", 6'2", out there. Uh, and and then you have a really good offensive line as well, so that'd be great, right? And if yeah. you you know if you want speed, you still have speed uh, in there as well, and, and athleticism with Darnell Mooney, a guy like Cole Komet, who's very athletic, Chris Conley is is pretty athletic, and Corey Davis is very athletic. So it has a really good kind of mixture, and I think that this would really morph the team into a very dangerous team, and then also one that has a brighter future than it has now. It doesn't have quite that timeline that we currently have on it.
1: Yeah. I think that, you know, you definitely put together a good roster. I think one that I'd certainly be happy to work, you know, walking into the year with, you know, also with the coaching staff as well, definitely like, you know, Betcher. I, I think that, you know, Hunter Henry would certainly be someone that bears fans would like, you know, he's a great receiving tight end. I will say that, you know, maybe not quite on the physical side, as good as Comet is, you're know, not as mm-hmm. sound of a blocker, but you know, being someone that's been able to watch him pretty frequently. Uh, he balls out. I mean, he's, he's a great player. A little bit injury concern, but mm-hmm. you'd everyone would like him, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that he might be a guy that the Chargers look to not resign because he's going to probably have a number in his head that isn't necessarily great for him but right. i can't imagine that giving him eight million dollars a year can be any worse than paying jimmy graham ten million dollars next year so exactly. uh, i think i think i'd rather roll with a guy like hunter henry another name out there johnny smith uh, another great tight end probably gonna get paid about the same uh, but you know didn't end up picking him because then i'd have two titans guy and i didn't want to be turning <laughs> this offense into the titans offense so that, no that, i don't want that no we don't but Corey Davis is someone that I'd really look out for I think he's going to be on a on a steal of a contract potentially or he could just have an absolutely insane contract that just makes no sense too right. uh, but this is a pretty good wide Who receiver knows. class I think you know Davis could be a really good replacement for Allen Robinson you know obviously not going to be the same type but you know taking a bet on a younger guy as well uh, more physically dominant guy could be huge for this team's future.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's certainly steps up that, you know, this offense can definitely take and, and both sides of the ball, really. You know, I think that it's just more in, where I'm more inclined to talk about the offense, or at least I am. But I think that, you know, there's certainly a lot of ways for them to go and at least, you know, what we just did there, at least get the ball rolling for some of you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And, you know, I think that's going to really be about it. I mean, that's about all we had, just kind of talking about, yep. you know, where this could be and uh yeah any last any last words reese
1: no i don't have any last words i'm i'm about tapped
0: out i think i'm good (laughs) okay all right well thank you guys so much and bear down bear down